You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the writer and director for When You Finish Saving the World, Jesse Eisenberg, and the film's star, Finn Wolfhard. By that logic, we should just occupy every country. Yo, I agree with you, Lila. Thank you, Ziggy. How do you agree with Lila? Oh, shit. Excuse my brain for knowing what not to say. I know it'll get better with age. This is the real Ziggy Cats. Thanks for tuning in. Mom! Did you open my door while I was shit? I'm sorry. Did you try to open the door while I was live streaming? What's live streaming? That's where I have 20,000 followers and I'm validated and I'm starred, which is terror hard to get. Just make sure you don't play the blues. What? White people playing blues music. This cultural appropriation. I play classic folk rock with alternative influences. I don't know what that means. And then you called the police? I called them. You're in the right place, you're safe, and you'll have two beds for as long as you need. He's my little knight in shining armor. Love. It's true, kids are just pure love, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What the hell are you doing? Installing a red beacon light so people know when I'm live streaming. And by people, you... I mean you. Ziggy, you don't have to be interested in politics. You think I'm stupid? No, no, I didn't say that. I brought you this hat, Kyle. It was my son's, but he no longer wears it. I don't know what he wears anymore. <laughs> Most boys your age can't bring themselves to be kind. Jesus, Ziggy! And you can't help yourself. You're a special person. Ziggy, are you happy? I think so. Why are you asking me? Because I'm reading this article about teen suicide, and it's highest in your age group. Okay, thanks, Dad. Mom's home! When you were a little boy, you were my little ally. Your life was going to be happier. You were going to be one of the good ones. And then something switched in you. You stopped being interested in anything outside your own little world. Sorry about that. Can you take me to school? Are you ready to go right now? I'm right here, dude. Hi, I'm Will Mavity, nextbestpicture.com. Great to talk to you guys. Yeah, great to talk to me too. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. All right, so um, Jesse, I think I read that this is based on your relationship with your mother-in-law. It's really um, not um, based on anything real, but I've had the good fortune of being able to like volunteer at a domestic violence shelter, uh, you know, on and off for the last 15 years um, through my wife's mother. Um, And so, um, you know, it's a world I knew well. And when I'm writing, I try to write about all the things that I know that, you know, are really interesting to me. And that also on this Venn diagram haven't been explored a thousand times in other movies. Right. So I would love to know, I guess, for both of you, the process of taking this from uh, an Audible special to turning into a film. Because, Finn, you did the voice work on that as well, right? Yeah. You appeared yeah. on there? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the difference, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, it was actually hard. Wait, I would say, I mean, in a lot of ways, they're completely different ways of working. Um, I remember thinking that it was so hard. The Audible thing was incredibly very difficult. difficult. Yeah. You just I with with acting because your face is in it. You can get a, away with kind of slurring your speech and kind <laughs> of uh, saying you know I, I just with audible you have to everything has to be kind of very clear and with also trying to give a you know a performance performance at the same time yeah um, which I guess 
uh, says a lot about what an actor an, an actor I am. Well, but, it'd be um, the equivalent of a movie where you have a monologue for you know four hours. Yeah, yeah, sure, but but thank God we could break it up. Right. Um, right, right. But yeah, no, I mean the process of of it was very different for sure. But as far I mean as far as the like writing, I think Jesse kind of. Yeah, I think it's different for, for you. Yeah, but obviously. I mean, also, like, you know, Finn did this character in audio form. I don't know. I think it's maybe, like, a is it three hours or something of performing as this right. role? And so, you know, he developed, like, you know, the nuances of this character. You know, this is a guy who is, like, very popular online but struggles to, you know, get any traction with the people in his life, both his family who kind of ignores him and the kids at school who think he's kind of, you know, silly. Uh, and so, you know, these are, like, kind of... You know, I'm an actor, so I, you know, I get it. Like, there's these kind of like nuances you have to find with a character, and um, you know, for Finn, who's not only a brilliant actor but like a very thoughtful, soulful person, finding these nuances to make a character that's both kind of obnoxious, grating, and also <laughs> sympathetic, uh, you know, is 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 a process and work. And and he did, you know, got to be able to to do that with with um, having done the Audible project. Well, Jesse, why don't you tell me a little bit more about kind of the difficulty in expanding your three-hour mm. Audible uh, experience into this, like, what, like, hour, 40-minute screenplay? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I my background as a writer is in theater. I, I write plays and uh, short stories and... Um, you know, I always end up writing, before I write like a play, I'll always have uh, monologues from a character to characters from the play before the play starts. And so I'm kind of like used to this process where, you know, thinking about a person and their psychology and their inner life and their behavior and their humor and anxieties and everything. And I usually write from their perspective. And so that's in some ways what this movie is, is this movie had a kind of, um, you know, preamble, which was this long, you know, book for Audible. Um, and then I also had this other, you know, great advantage of, you know, in writing the movie, I had already thought about these characters so much. So Finn's part in the audio audiobook is one of three sections. You also hear from the dad and you hear from the mother when she's a, a young woman in college. And so I kind of knew her backstory as well. That's the character that Julianne Moore plays in this movie. Um, and so, um, you know, that helps me as a writer to think about the characters and uh, allows me to kind of just dig in and feel kind of what the most fun scenes would be in, in, in a, you know, in a kind of extended version. So in terms of directing, I think you, your plays were mostly kind of one location pieces, yeah. right? Yes. This would be very different, I imagine. Yes, I always, you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I'm, my instinct always is to write plays because, you know, I am probably just fiscally, um, uh, you know, um, um, you know, concerned. And so, you know, you think you could you can afford to uh, put on a play where there's a couch and, you know, and, and maybe like a little poster on the wall. And then when I started writing, you know, this story, I thought, you know, it'd be so wonderful to see the inner workings of a domestic violence shelter and then conversely see, um, you know, a music app where, you know, kids can play kind of you know, shallowish music to thousands and thousands of fans online. And wouldn't it be able to kind of, wouldn't it be great to be able to kind of show these two contrasting worlds in the same story? And so when I started thinking about that, I started thinking, well, what would be great to show in a movie? How can I 
further take advantage of this medium that I have acted in so much but never kind of made. Um, and so I started thinking of, you know, <laughs> you know, scenes that take place outdoors, which seemed kind of like a wondrous, you know, novelty. Um, and also performance. I love seeing people perform, um, you know, in the context of a storyline. And so in this movie, Finn goes to this kind of, um, these, Finn goes to these teen performances of social justice kids, uh, kids who are performing social justice art. And he performs his songs, which are just the opposite of what these kids want. These kids are performing, you know, poetry about global warming and the Marshall Islands. And, and then he gets on stage and performs a song about missing his friends during summer break from school. And um, so, you know, thinking about things for this medium became kind of this fun exercise and, and new for me. Ben, why don't you tell me a little bit about getting into the head of that character? Yeah, uh, yeah. When Jesse was casting this role, he thought, "Who could? Who is the most shallow person <laughs> I could get yeah. to reflect this character?" Um, well, no, I, I, um, no, I think. Well, playing this character, I think for me, uh, was inc- very, very rewarding um, and terrifying and uh, incredibly fun. And and the, yeah, I, I think you have to kind of try to relate to to your character no matter kind of how how many kind of pompous or like arrogant things my character says in the film I think like really just getting into why he's saying them as opposed to and maybe not thinking about it, but having that in the back of your head of 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 yeah why he's saying them rather than uh the things that he's actually saying I think really helped me at least um yeah convey a kind of uh you know, hopefully people see past the the comments and actually kind of almost feel bad for this character who kind of is actually pretty, uh, has not a lot of control in his life and feels pretty um, useless, uh, you know. But for, you know, whatever, an hour every so often, he can get online and feel, like, mm-hmm. totally praised by all these people, but in mm-hmm. his real life. You know, so that, I think, for him is a very frustrating uh, thing. And, you know, not having any... Uh, having no attention or sort of uh, relationship with the, with his mother, I think kind of, yeah, I, I think for me, I think it, there's a lot of things that I, 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 I find very funny and, and sweet about that character. So I try to kind of put as much of myself as possible in it to kind of offset the, um, the sort of, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know like youthful arrogance. Yeah, youthful arrogance or whatever. Because I would imagine, I mean, like, he also hasn't, he doesn't know anything about the world yet. And so I think, I would imagine that as he hopefully gets older, he says less uh, grating things. Right. But I don't know, maybe he's like that forever. I'm not sure. But I, I think, you know, that's playing him at that point in his life. Um, yeah, it was, it was really rewarding, I guess. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it, because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. So, Jesse, I saw that um, Emma Stone's credited as a producer on this. Tell me a little bit about her involvement in this project. Yeah, um, you know, Emma is not only the 
producer of this movie alongside her husband Dave McCary, who's a brilliant director, and their partner Ali Herding. Um, but they were like as hands-on as you could be. So this was their first movie um, with their new company, Fruit Tree, and this was my first movie, obviously. So you know, they we were both kind of learning uh, and kind of taking advantage of the process and all the kind of granular details of the process to gain experience. So you know, Emma, Dave, and Ali were on every interview I did with you know, um, editors, composers, production designers, um, every audition uh, for actors, and um, I was just so lucky. Um, the script, I've known Emma for a decade, but the script came to them in a very roundabout way, which is that I offered the, 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 the uh, you know, other main role besides Finn to Julianne Moore, and um, Julianne Moore is the same agent as, as Emma, and Emma had come in for a meeting with her agent and said, you know, we're thinking about starting a production company, do you have any scripts that we could take a look at to kind of get our feet wet and see what's out there? And, she, and her agent, luckily to my, you know, great uh, fortune, said, I just got a script from somebody you know, from Jesse, and they read the script and they called me and said, we'd love to produce this as our first movie. I, you know, could not have been luckier because, you know, as a small movie, you want producers that are not only um, really savvy, but you want producers who are kind of fighting for all the little things that a small movie can't easily get. You know, when you're right. doing a big movie, there is a studio. Uh, we had a studio in A24, but before we had A24, we were kind of on our own. And, you know, you want producers who are fighting, who are caring about it and all the kind of uh, uh, all the glue that holds the thing together. You want to be with not only savvy people, but people who really care about the project. And so because it was our first one, we all had that same kind of, you know, energy and passion. Oh, yeah. Same, same, oh, that's okay. Uh, same, you guys same energy. Same, same energy. No, no. Earlier, oh, same agent. You were like, when earlier you were talking about how you guys had the same, or like they had the same agent. They had the same like, agent. Oh, okay. So Hollywood is more connected than I thought. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holly weird? More like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's connected, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Wow. So... You guys obviously have mentioned Julianne Moore, and obviously she's a significant part of the film. How did she end up in the project other than, uh, did you say she has the same agent as well as you and Emma too? Or No, no, just no. That, just, no. Does she have the same so, agent as Emma? Yes, and I assume there's other clients there as well, but I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, and Ben's like, I need to know who this is. Yeah, it sounds like an amazing agent. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so it seems like there's a little bit of nepotism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, she's their, their sister. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, I just, how did she become part of the movie? I don't know, the, like, uh, just pure luck from, from my yeah. standpoint. You know, I just sent her the script with a, a note. Um, you know, listen, I knew, like, I've not directed a movie before, and I, I know that, like, um, I don't have anything to show for it, except that I've been on sets and she knows that. But, like, um, my... The thing I like more than anything is writing unusual characters, characters I haven't seen before, seen a million times. And I know as an actor, that's what I like playing. I love finding a role and I don't care what the size of the project is or even the medium. I do theater and, you know, various uh, and, and films and TV. And, you know, my feeling is like, I just want to play something I haven't really seen before or haven't gotten to do a lot. And um, so I knew when I wrote this, I knew I could get a good actor because I know what actors like to do. And so yeah. I would say, despite my thousand other flaws, I felt like she she might somebody of her caliber might be interested in it and might take a chance. Ben, tell me a little bit about working with Julianne. What kind of uh, background did you both do to kind of prepare for this very turbulent mother-son relationship? Um, yeah, I mean, we had, uh, we just had lunch one day before <laughs> we shot the film and like that was it really. I mean, we both kind of jumped into it. I mean, it was hard to 
you know, it was co- middle of COVID, it so was, it was impossible to do any rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I but, mean, it, but what helped though was that I mean, beforehand, me and Jesse would just read through the scenes. Yeah. Um, weeks before, when I was like in Vancouver at home, mm-hmm. um, we would rehearse a little bit, um, which which helped a lot as well. But but as far as Julianne goes, I mean, she's the most prepared. Oh yeah. <laughs> professional, amazing actor, you know, ever, and so I I, I was incredibly going into it pretty intimidated. Um, but what ended up happening was that kind of she ended up being the exact opposite kind of of what what you would think which is someone that like has done a hundred movies and like honestly if she would have told me to go stand there so that I would have you know gotten her light better I would like I would I would have done whatever she wanted but in instead she was like one of the most uh yeah funny pure you know amazing one of the most hard-working people I've met and so uh the least controlling actor I've ever worked with. Um, and Gabe, I, I didn't expect her to give me as, as much co- you know confidence in what I was doing in, in my role. Um, it just felt like she, she really sort of gave me... Uh, she, no, it really felt... She really, she really made it feel equal, um, which, which I didn't expect. Um, and I really felt like I had an amazing like, partner in it. Yeah, she loved Finn to, like, just the most wonderful degree. The first meeting I had with her, she, you know, she'd read the script and she likes her character and she said, you know, but who's playing this other role? It's a young character. Can we get somebody really good? And I was like, you just have to meet this person, uh, Finn. He's, he's so special and so funny and so sophisticated in his taste, but such a brilliant actor to kind of play naive, which this character requires. And I, I don't know how skeptical she was or, 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 or curious she was, but on the first day she came over to me and she was like, I love this guy. Oh my God. They were, you know, Sweet. it was the kind of thing you are so thankful of as a director when you see the two leading actors in the corner of the set, joking around with each other, not wanting to go back to their trailers to stay on set. Yeah, that Partly was amazing. Like, you're like lucky for like just efficiency's sake. Like, okay, <laughs> right, right. You know, like, <laughs> they're close to camera. Yes. Yeah. But then the 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 other thing is that you want actors who like each other because they're playing as you as you indicated. They're playing these. You know, they they there's so much tension. I mean, these characters are of like complete opposite ideologies. They have no respect for each other's values. But in a lot of ways, that kind of helps because I think there's there's also a lot of Sometimes you hear that from movies where it's like, oh, the people didn't like each other, so it actually helped. And I, I don't, I don't actually agree with that. I I've think never actually, seen that. I've never seen like that. really, have you not? No, no. I think that there's this thing of like, there's there's a lot of like blockbuster movies where it's like shrouded in. There's sometimes like these big movies where like it's like, oh, you know, two big movie stars that didn't get along, but it actually right. helped. The thing. Look at the sparks. Right. Exactly. I've never seen that. <laughs> Uh, no, but that's that's what it would be. Right, of course. Um, right, I don't exactly. know if you maybe I'm talking out of my butt, but no, I, I yeah, yeah I, I this all the time. Fast and Furious, right? Time, but yeah, I've yeah. never seen that be successful. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think, but but actually, I think what helps is if the two actors really like each other, they want what's best for the film, right? And so they'll go to the places that they, you know, I remember one of the first days I was kind of locked up, and I remember we did a take, and it felt pretty good, and. And Julianne just like t- 
turned to me and she took off her glasses and she was like, that was fun. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh, thank God. Yeah. God. Yeah, I know. Like, amazing. I will say like, I've worked with several actresses and I, so I've heard this before I met Julianne or asked her to do two. a movie. What's that? I've worked with several worked actresses. With several actresses. Yeah. Two, two is several. Two yeah. is several. <laughs> one is one, two is several. Yeah. Um, two is um, many, many actresses. Yeah. No, and I've heard this from multiple actresses. They say that they, that have worked with Julianne uh, and they say that that's who I want to be. That she is the wow. she is the most inspiring, generous, uh, you know, um, uh, um, you know, figure that I would aspire to be. And so, like, um, I it's, it's great that she, you know, did was able to do that for Finn too. It's such a gift. I've been acting since I'm, you know, 18 in movies, and I remember and can probably, you know, count, uh, you know, um, on the people who um, made me feel not only good about what I was doing, but made me feel like, oh, I could probably continue to do this and still enjoy it. Yeah, even as like a young, younger man, like I just, I, I kind of was like, oh, the way that she talks about her family and right. her just, I, I, I just was like, I, I felt in the same way that I, as an older actor, I'd, I'd want to be like that as right, well. Right, you could be a normal person and still do this very unusual, unusual job. Yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you mentioned you've been acting since you were a kid. We're about out of time, but Jesse, I have to mention, growing up, my mom would torment me by playing these cassette tapes of the Broadway kids. What? And, and I recently discovered that yeah, you I were did one of song in it. Wait, yeah. did you, why, where did you grow up? In my mom's house? Where? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Atlanta. My mom loved those those cassettes. So all the Broadway kids blasting all the time. Oh, that was and your I baby was... shark. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So which song did you do? Um, I did You Gotta Have Heart from Damn Yankees. Yes. <laughs> I did musical theater when I was younger. Oh, and, man. <laughs> it was, well. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, Finn, I don't know if you've heard these, but you're going to have to look up the Broadway kids albums later. <laughs> I cannot believe. Don't you don't don't feel the need to kind of tell anybody, but yeah, no, I'm gonna tell everyone now. Up, but I am in shock. Did you? Did she like musical theater and tried to? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was trying to be like led into that. World. Did you ever do musicals? I popped in my senior year for a small role in the Drowsy Chaperone. And then when, of course you did. Yeah. yeah. And then when I was uh, when I was really young, they threw me in as like. Not not like the the handsome Nazi, but like the villain Nazi in The Sound of Music when I was in sixth grade. Got Everyone it, else is in it. high if school. You're be a Nazi, yeah, yeah, you want to. you say be a good Nazi? Don't say that. I said if you're gonna be a Nazi, you want to be you want to be the, you want to be you know the villainous one. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. You're, you're not gonna get credit for being a good Nazi, so you may as well <laughs> go full. That's cool. No, I've seen several musicals at the Alliance down there, and I just uh, yeah, I love it. Alliance, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I think we're out of time, guys, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. How nice. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the writer and director for the film When You Finish Saving the World, Jesse Eisenberg, along with the film star Finn Wolfhard here on the Next Best Picture podcast. When You Finish the World is now currently playing in theaters from A24. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time.
History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.